Welcome to Faith, Love, and Therapy, a podcast to encourage and inspire. I'm your host, Jamie Johnson, a therapist working in the field of mental health for the last 10 plus years. I am focused on mental and spiritual wellness, and I'm so grateful for you being here as we peel back the layers of mental health from a faith perspective. Connect with me on social media platforms uh, at Faith, Love, and Therapy Podcast. You can find me on IG, Instagram, that is Instagram, IG, uh, Facebook, and TikTok. I am on all three uh, as of right now, and I look forward to connecting with you there. So I wanted to continue um, looking at some of these root issues, right? Some of these things that I see and have kind of sat with over my break, excuse me, of concerns or things that have just been in my heart that we all, I see so many of us struggling with. And um, so this particular episode, I was thinking about um, the issues of distance and avoidance, right? And so both are coping mechanisms. I want to be, I want to be honest about that. I want to be straightforward. So both of those are, are coping mechanisms. Using distance and using avoidance, they're ways to cope. I can't say that they're both always useful, right? Or always healthy. There are times where, um, Avoidance is important when there is something related to like a trauma or uh, a dangerous situation, right? We're going to use avoidance in, in accessing some people or some memories or some spaces. And also distance is important in times where um, also there's some trauma or some, some difficult um, environments to be in or people to be around. But what I do feel that we should realize is that they're not long-term solutions, And this issue of distance came up for me because I realized that has been a coping mechanism of mine since, you know, very, very young that um, it has been beneficial. And that's why it's hard to let go of certain coping mechanisms um, because I find usefulness in the distance. Right. And so because both of the the both of them are useful in ways, understanding the difference, but also understanding the impact of both is important. Distance um, can be useful because you can gather your thoughts or information, right? Distance, you tend to observe a situation with distance. You're not necessarily cutting yourself off from it, but you are creating space to allow yourself to think, to allow yourself to respond, to allow yourself to, you know, regulate, to allow yourself to get clear on what the issue is or how you want to respond to the issue. And so distance... um, you know, we use distance with people who don't have great boundaries and that's important, right? We don't necessarily not want them in our life, but their boundaries, you know, they may be, um, they may be needy or they may be, um, they gossip a lot or, you know, things like that, that we feel like, okay, I need to distance myself from this particular behavior. Um, but for some people, distance can feel like a punishment to them. Um, it can feel like, it is, it, the other person or the person you're distancing themselves from, they can feel like you, you no longer like them, things like that. And so that's the hard part of using distance. Distance is often used to alleviate discomfort, both distance and avoidance, right? And so when we realize why we're using what we're using and the impact of that, we can start to make the appropriate changes that we need to make. So, you know, distance, like I said, impacts the people around us, especially those who struggle with rejection. 
when you use distance, when you distance yourself to gather your thoughts, people may see that as a reflection of how you feel about other people. And so what we struggle with in this society is communicating why we do what we do and what we feel. And we are in that, that culture of like, um, I don't really have to respond. I don't have to tell you what I, you know, what I got planned. You know, I'm a move in silence, all of those things that we hear people say. But I think that these two coping skills also have greatly impacted the current pandemic um, or epidemic of loneliness that so many of us are experiencing. If we're to be honest, there are probably some situations or there are some people that could be in our life, but we've avoided certain things or we've distanced ourselves from them and not being not been willing willing to resolve issues, right? And so there's so many articles coming out now about loneliness and um, the impact of loneliness and why professionals feel that people are lonely, one of them being social media. Um, but I think from an emotional standpoint, part of it is that we have learned, we've taken cancel culture to the highest of heights. We have, you know, diminished the importance of relationship with people and the relationship of community and, or the importance of community. And because of that, we have created a dynamic where people are isolated, people are lonely, People are feeling that, you know, trying to adjust to the fact that this may may be their life, right? They're going to be lonely for the rest of their life or they're going to be by themselves or they're, they, don't, they don't have good friendships or no one wants to be around them. And we're not willing to look at why we've kind of created this dynamic, right? Society is um, a reflection of, of the things that are going on inside of us. We're not, it's not just all the other people. It's things, these are things that we're actually dealing with and experiencing on a day-to-day basis. So if you are, you know, if you're uh, using distance, you are trying to create space, why are we trying to create space? Not saying it's not important, but ask our, ask yourself, why do I feel like I need this space? Do I need this space because I feel overwhelmed? Okay, that's important to take space when you need over, to be, when you feel overwhelmed. But what do you do with feeling overwhelmed? How do you resolve that so that you don't have to live in the space of distance? Right? You use it as a coping mechanism so that you can return to the space of community. You know, so being able to utilize those different, um, being able to ask those questions helps you to transition from this particular coping skill to now, okay, I know how to show up in community. Many times when we're using avoidance, we are, we want to ignore a particular situation. This is not every time, but many times we want to ignore, I'm going to avoid, I'm going to ignore, I'm going to shut down, I'm going to cut off all contact. The number of posts that I see of like, you know, can't be friends with anybody or, you know, this is my last post. I'm, I'm tired of people. Uh, you, you know, all of the stuff, all of the stuff that we say, um, where typically we've struggled to have a conversation about the issue or with the people that we're avoiding. I think if we got comfortable with being uncomfortable, if we, if we valued relationship and community over our own personal uh, pride and and comfort in the moment, we'd be able to deal with a whole lot of the issues that come up, right? Yes, you can't control other people, right? You can't control other people, but you can develop 
a community or you can develop a, um, what, what word do I want to use? You can develop a process in which you can learn to communicate within community in order to rebuild and repair. We don't want to rebuild and repair. We want to be right. That's not going to work. And so we're using these coping strategies and we're creating a society that looks so devoid of love, right? It looks like no one cares about anybody, that we're just selfish, that we are out here to get our own and nobody else matters. And what people need to understand is that everybody, you know, thousands of people are on their healing journey. You know, they're posting about their healing journey. Healing does not happen in isolation. So who's really healing? What's happening? If you are, if, if you are not allowing yourself to be in the midst of community at some point on your healing journey, you're not going to, you're not going to go all the way. You're not going to meet that goal of feeling healed, right? Of healing some particular issues. Most of the things that we struggle with happened in a relationship. Sometimes, whether it's the parent-child relationship, whether it's, uh, you know, a, an abuser and a, a um, I don't want to use the word victim, but the, the victim of, of an abuse, it's, it's a relationship issue that has caused us some level of turmoil, you know? And so we are now turning our backs on relationship. We're turning our backs on community. And if, and then we're telling ourselves we're going to go on a journey of healing. Well, if your journey of healing does not include any other people, the journey is going to be short, in short and not in the, not in the, oh, we accomplished it short in the, okay, I don't know where to go from here because community is part of that. And so I believe that we have to become uncomfortable with conflict and confrontation. I'm not saying we have to normalize it or we have to do it in the way that the world is doing it or, you know, having these, these public, um, sessions of just being disrespectful to one another or violent towards one another, but conflict and confrontation allow us to have deeper relationship. People are avoiding conflict and confrontation for fear of you fill in the blank, fear that they're going to lose the person, fear that they're going to be found out, fear that they're going to be exposed, fear that their authority is going to be challenged, whatever the fear is, right? People are avoiding conflict and confrontation and, and saying sometimes, well, I just don't want to have to deal with that. We, we don't have to, what do you mean? You want to deal with what? The person, you don't want to have a relationship with that person because that should be the statement. It's like, I don't really want to have a relationship with that person. Free to choose that. But when we pretend that we don't have issue or we just shut things down, that pattern is then repeated in every relationship that we have. That doesn't just go away. That's not just specific to one person. Oh, I cut them off because of that. I, I'm just avoiding. I'm not even going to talk to them. I'm not even going to that place because they're always there. That issue, you're going to revisit that. You're going to revisit that particular issue with someone else. And so do you just continue to go down the path of closing people off or avoiding or creating distance between yourself and others in order to prevent yourself from feeling uncomfortable, in order to not have conflict, in order to not have any confrontation? Because that to me says I'm, I'm not willing to fight for healthy relationships. I'm not willing to work towards um, a healthy community. I'm not, I don't think enough of that person to really work through a situation and how do we how do we justify not justify but as let me talk to the believers first you know how how do we say we live um in a way that demonstrates love when our first thought is i'm done with them 
when our first thought is, I'm just going to not talk about it or talk to them. If that's our first response, or even our second, because sometimes we try and we feel um, that they're not ready, and then we, we close the door. But in that process, where did we ask God for direction and instruction and in how to repair a relationship? And if he then says, leave that to me, okay. But we are not allowing ourselves to to have healthier relationships because we want to avoid and we want to create distance. Community is a space for healing. Community, if the community is healthy, that's the other part. Being in healthy community allows for the space of, of healing. So, you know, when we think of this, remember that these heart issues that I'm talking about, that this is a heart issue of avoiding and, and creating distance. But heart issues, again, are mind issues. So they are rooted in thoughts that started in our mind. And so some of the things that I've noticed in the heart or mind of those who use distance, uh, distance and avoidance are fear of rejection. And, and I'm telling you again, I know this because distance was my coping skill. Distance has been, um, now I use it for um, gathering myself, for being able to figure out what I want to do next. But before, you know, I could just pull away and I'm gone. Um, but there's fear of rejection in that person. If you're distant or you are avoiding issues, you're avoiding confrontation, you're avoiding conflict, you're avoiding people, fear of rejection. There's issues with self-worth, struggling with feeling worthy, struggling with knowing your worth, struggling with not wanting someone to make you feel even more unworthy. There's rebellion there too. We have to acknowledge some of the things we don't like. There's rebellion in us when we want to just avoid people or we want to shut it down. We want to be done. There's, there's bitter roots. Things have happened. We've been hurt. We've been abused. We've been, you know, you fill in the blank, but it, it has created some bitter roots for us and we have not been willing to dig them up. And there's fear of exposure, fear that, pe fear that people will see us in the things that we don't like, right? The things that we've identified as uh, ugly or bad or embarrassing or unhealthy or not uh, saved enough or not, you know, or things that we feel that people are going to judge us behind. And so we have, you know, we have these root issues that oftentimes we just kind of escape. You know, we, we, we hear the terms ghosting and, um, and, and that's become so big of just, you know, we just ghost. There are things behind the distance. There are things behind the avoidance. You know, it's we, we feel strong in those moments because we're choosing to do something to respond to what we don't like, but we're not dealing with the underlying issues. We're not dealing with the discomfort of the things that are that is feeding, that is pushing us or propelling us towards those particular behaviors. And so what do we do? What do we do with this when this is something that we struggle with? We always start with asking you know, asking God for wisdom. That's where we always start. But we want wisdom specifically uh, and knowledge that he will reveal the root issues because we need, we need to know what is feeding these things, y'all. So many of us are saying, oh, I have this particular problem. Oh, I know I'm like this. Oh, I know I'm like that. Well, why? Why are you like that? What are you afraid of? What are you feeling? 
What are you dealing with? What are you not dealing with? What is the, what are, what are the underlying issues? What are the root issues that you're not acknowledging? We then have to recognize um, what issues are on display, right? The, the reasons why we avoid the reasons why we, what, what are the triggers? I'll say it that way. What are the triggers that cause us to avoid, that cause us to distance ourselves? What happens? What do we experience that triggers a root issue that we then choose to avoid or distract? So if someone says, oh, you talk so much, you get on my nerves. And that triggers, triggers an issue of rejection for me. I distance myself. Where if I wanted to handle that in a healthy manner, I would say that hurts my feelings or I don't know why I annoy you, but you know, that, that hurts, you know, can we just talk about that? We we don't, we don't go back to that particular issue. We, the trigger comes, it hits the root. We distance, we avoid, we pack it up. You're done, not dealing with it, but we've got to know what is triggering that particular root. Then being willing to explore it, y'all, I, the, the, I'd say the, the number one thing I say in therapy is, well, let, you know, let's process that. And when I say process, it's because I want people to go deeper. Oftentimes we'll say something and we'll just move past it. And it's something that's very deep and very heavy, but we stay neck up. You know, we can verbalize it, but we don't want to feel it. And so we don't allow ourselves to process anything. I'm like, why do I feel that way? What am I really afraid of? What, what is, what is behind these, you know, this avoidance or these, this distance, what is behind the tears? What's behind the anger that I'm feeling right now? What, what is behind it? What is the reason that I'm doing this? You know, and understand that you can do this in the, in the presence. You can do this by yourself. You can do this in a journal. You can do this in your time with God. You can do this in, in safe community. There are some, you know, there are some support groups and spaces that you can do this as well. There may be friends that you can do this with, where there's a community of supportive men and women that you can do this with. But beginning to doing this in community helps you to realize more about yourself. And it also helps point you towards different coping strategies. How can I cope differently? How can I communicate differently? How can I release the, the feeling that I have once I'm triggered? Because triggers are going to come. You can't control that. It's your response that you then have to work through. How do I get in touch with my body and tell myself, right? I forgive myself or I am worthy or I, I, I am loved. Whatever it is in that moment that I need to, to experience because that is what, that's the piece that we're missing that could help us to go in a different direction. Then we have to choose how we want to handle the root. Once we were, we have all the information, once we can see it, we can feel it, we know what it's doing in our life. Now, how do I want to handle it? Do I want to talk it out? Do I need to go through the process because it's an old issue? Do I need to go through the process of releasing? You know, if, if I can't get to that person or if that's not a situation where I can, I can communicate with them about it, how do I go through the process? What am I going to do to begin to start to release those feelings? Release those that, that energy in my body that's causing me to feel so emotional, so reactive. And then I find new coping skills, you know, whether it's, whether it's something that's physical, whether it's time in nature, whether it's, you know, support group, whether it is, you know, learning to be more creative, what, whatever side of the brain that I need it to fall on, 
I'm starting to identify new coping strategies and understand that coping strategies should be something that you, you weave into your life. It's not something that you go to the closet and pick up when something happens. There are strategies that already help you with relaxation, that help you with clearing your mind, things that help you with communicating differently. Because when you're living in that space, then you don't have to wrestle through and figure out what do I do with this? What do I do with this? Well, I know when I'm, I'm stressed out, if I go on a walk outside and I if focus on my breath, I feel less stressed when I get back. Those are the things where you learn about yourself and you learn what you need in order to move emotions through your body so that you can begin to release them. Right. So these are some of the things that I, I feel like when we are experiencing these triggers, when we are using distance and avoidance in order to deal or not deal um, with negative experiences or negative emotions, that we have to start dealing with them differently. OK, we have to know when we are you overusing distance. We have to know when we are being avoidant and ignoring real issues. And when we do that. It allows us to begin to, again, move closer to operating from a place that is healthier and more authentic. So I want you to remember that you are able to work through underlying issues, you know, with time, with the right attention and giving yourself a whole lot of grace. You're able to work through these things. We've convinced ourselves that we're not able to do it or we just don't know how. What you need, what you need is inside of you being able to sit with you. That's why it's important because you will start to, to hear what you need and it's going to come out of you. Therapy is that process where people are, you know, the therapist is helping to pull things out of you because we've struggled to do that for so long. And so if you're starting to learn to do that for yourself, you're beginning to reveal all the things that you need in that moment. And so trust, trust yourself to go through this process with the Holy Spirit. Trust yourself um, to lean into the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit reveal some things to show you bitter roots, to show you roots that are causing you to use unhealthy coping skills consistently. And then allow yourself to go through the process to find out what you need. Only you can tell you what you need. The Holy Spirit will speak that through you. He will show you. He will reveal it, expo what, whether you see it, whether someone speaks it, whatever the case may be, trust that process. So I hope this episode has been helpful. I want you to really consider what distance and avoidance is doing in our society, what it's doing personally to us, what it's doing in our relationships. Um, and let's look at alternative ways to deal with discomfort. Let's look at alternative ways to deal with things that we're not necessarily comfortable with, conflict and confrontation, because in that we have the potential to have really deep and great and meaningful relationships if we allow ourselves to move past that space and realize that we are still safe, even when everything isn't perfect. So I thank you for joining me on this episode of Faith, Love and Therapy, and I will see you all next time.